Baby, pack you a bowl, get you a drink, let your hair down, and come on and let's get into it. What is up, beautiful people? And welcome back to another episode of Mother Knows Best, the podcast where I talk about whatever comes to this ADHD mind of mine's baby because it's my podcast. And if you don't like it, please go on here and listen to something else because we ain't got time for that negativity up off the chat. Okay, okay. So as y'all can tell by the title of the episode, honey, I had to make a part two of the house appeal. See, baby. And, you know, here's why, child. So... Last weekend, um, me, my bestie, and his two roommates did a road trip from Chicago, Illinois, down to Savannah, Georgia, y'all. Went down there to see a school that my bestie wants to go to. And while we were there, you know, both the trip to while there and the trip back, (laughs) um, let's just say, uh, baby, it was culture shock to the maximum, okay? So... As y'all know, I live here in Chicago, Illinois, honey. And Chicago is this very melting pot, you know, in the Midwest. The city is fairly massive. There's multiple universities here. So there's every walk of life. Now, the city also is very kind of, you know, I don't want to say segregated, but it's separated, I guess would be the best terminology. So there is a predominantly, you know, predominant areas that are more African-American. There's areas that are more mixed. There's areas that are more, you know, Polish. There's areas that are more Hispanic. Like you have those like certain like niche areas, but then you have places like the neighborhood that I am in that is very diverse. I have every walk of life, every social economic status, baby, that's walking up down the street. So to... Travel to Savannah, you know, I have been to Georgia once when I was younger. Um, When I was checking out colleges myself, I checked out Morehouse in Atlanta. So I haven't been back on that road and that journey, you know, to the South, or at least that part of the South, in quite some time. So, um, you know, going through the mountains and everything were absolutely gorgeous. But you didn't start to realize where you are in the world and your skin color when you don't see any more of you around. So we stopped and got breakfast at a Cracker Barrel. And I've been to many a Cracker Barrel, but we're in the middle of fucking Indiana. (laughs) And child, me and my bestie are like one, like we're the only two of maybe five people of color in the entire joint, okay? And there were maybe two of those that were workers. So... You start to see the stairs and people looking at you like, what y'all doing here? And you're just like, oh, Lord, here we go. You know, luckily, me and my bestie have fairly thick skin, so we're not bothered by stairs. As long as you don't say nothing, come over here and start no BS, we all going to be all right. But the minute you come over here with some shit, we going to be with the shit and it's going down. Period. But (laughs) that's another horse of another color, and thank God it didn't come to that on the strip. Um, So we got through with Cacabelle. You know, we still head on our way down. We, as we get closer, (laughs) you start stopping at the rest stops and the gas stations, like, you again start to realize, oh, I'm a person of color in a very area that is non-person of color, because people are looking at you, 
And mind you, I don't look like a normal person of color. One, I have a beard, I have a mask on because even though most of the mask restrictions have been removed, all of us wore our mask everywhere we went, every time we was inside with anybody other than us four. We weren't playing no games. Miss Rona is still out here. Rona May Raggedy is still out here playing games and y'all act like she ain't out here playing games and hot scotch, hot scotch with y'all life. But baby, do you? <laughs> we had our mask on. We was masked up. Mask for mask, baby. Kidding. <laughs> but anyway, so... Um, also, <laughs> let me rewind. At the beginning of the trip, as we're getting on the highway, I distinctly remember the bestie like, make sure it doesn't say avoid tolls on the map. <laughs> because when him and his significant other were traveling and they hit avoid tolls on the map, they end up in the back roads of Tennessee with a bunch of, you know, Confederate flags and Trump supporters and ooh, ooh baby. Now, I won't spoil it, but we kind of hit that anyway, but I get there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we get down to Miss Savannah, honey. And um, this Sunday that we were there, so last Sunday, we didn't have any plan of action, right? We just decided to walk around and just see the city for everything that it was. Um, we did do some research because, of course, the spiritualists, me, uh, felt like something was standing over my shoulder and watching me the entire time we were in our hotel room and made it very hard to sleep and made me very uneasy. And so they were like, oh, do you think it was an ancestor or something? I was like, I don't know, but, you know, could be. We then did research and found out that Savannah was one of the first ports established here in the United States of America. And, uh, of course, they had a huge, massive part in slavery because, again, it was one of the first established ports we looked up and found the areas both where um, the slaves were held and auctioned off and decided to go to those areas on like our walk around tour. We get to Wright Square, which was the area where uh, these slaves were auctioned off. And there is not a lick of information about this anywhere in the park. And we're just like, oh, okay. We had looked up a few tours and a few virtual tours and phone tours and stuff like that. And a lot of the critiques were the tour has been whitewashed. It does not explicitly talk about the slave history and the African-American history in Savannah. And as we walked around, honey, like that became so evident. Like we hardly saw any people of color. In the entire city. Like, we were in the historic district. So, in the entire historic district, there was, like, no people of color whatsoever unless they were students to the school or they were homeless or passing through. And that was another bit of culture shock. Like, here, the uh, one of the churches in the heart of the city is... Um, the first African Baptist church established ever, right? And there ain't no black people around. Two plus two don't equal four. Like somebody make it make sense. Like it's a Sunday and there was no black people present. My mind is still boggled over that. Like it does not make sense to me. 
there were no Hispanic people. Like we saw one Hispanic student while we were on the tour for the school while we were there. But that was it. So again, I live in Chicago. So this melting pot, what I'm used to, I go here and I'm like, this is a college town. I would expect just as much as a melting pot. And child, there was not a stitch of melting pot. No, ma'am. And it blew me and my bestie's wig to the fucking back. Like, (laughs) it was so weird, y'all. Like, I wish I could explain, like, where my head is with this matter. Like, it was so mind-blowing that it was so whitewashed. Like, nothing in the square about, you know, its history we continue to walk through, you know, a lot of these parks and there's like all these monuments to um, Civil War vets and the Spanish War veterans and the American Revolution War. And you're just like, we clearly can tell what this is. Like we, we are in the South, honey. Like, and Savannah, despite being a college town, is no exception. And it was just... It rocked our shit. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It rocked our entire shit, and we were not ready for it to rock our shit the way that it did. But on the flip side, like, despite, you know, our shit being rocked over, you know, seeing all these monuments and, you know, Confederate shit and, oh, Southern bullshit, the houses in Savannah and the historic district, y'all, are so fucking gorgeous like it reminds me of new orleans honey like you got the gas lights on the outside of the buildings and the houses you have the immaculate ironwork gates and courtyards and balconies you got the uh ceiling of the porches painted light blue to ward off the ghost baby you got ceiling fans on the porches oh my God, honey, y'all, she wanted to put on a straw hat and make some sun tea at somebody's house and make some biscuits. Like, y'all, y'all do not understand how much my Southern hospitality came out so quick, so fast. Even I can hear it in my speech now because I'm reminiscing about it because I'm high, y'all. You know, she do, she knows she do this podcast stoned off her ears because she wants to give y'all the absolute real her ADHD and all. <laughs> okay. But um, to be in that space and seeing these homes and seeing just this amazing architecture, you know, some of the churches are absolutely stunning. The cathedrals are just beautiful. You know, a lot of these monuments, even though they're like Civil War Confederate monuments, like a lot of them are like beautifully done and as much as it, you know, gags me and pains me to say it, a lot of them are. Like, they are a piece of art, like, piece of shit art, but a piece of art, none of these. And the city is, just, at least the historic district, let me make that clear. The historic district, that's where I was, that's the area we explored, and that is what I am drawing my opinion upon, because that's the only area I got to explore, okay? We was in and out, y'all. It was, this was a 
a, a fast one, okay? So <laughs> we rolled out Saturday and we was rolling back in Monday night, okay? <laughs> we was in the car for 32 hours, y'all. Like, no joke. I shit you not. 32 hours within four days. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was an amazing trip. But anyway, <laughs> back to the story. Um, so we also walked like the entire riverfront and everything. Still, again, very whitewashed, but the food, of course, uh, Southern food just does something to my soul and spirit. We got some barbecue and honey. Uh, mm, can't go wrong with no Southern BBQ, baby. Um, we had some other food. It was good. Um, also, in the historic district, you can walk around and drink, which is, again, another, uh, you know, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana thing, open flask. And child, it was nice to just be out strolling in the in the in the Sunday sun, honey, with a nice alcoholic beverage. Um, but again, you recognize where you are, whitewash, and that wasn't so bad. So you know, we fast forward, we got through the school trip or the school tour. Again, whitewash. One of the ladies that had come here and had uh, talked with my bestie one on one was you know a totally different being there. In you know, in the school, in front of all of these parents that are you know coming to tour the school with their kids, and that kind of like you can see it, it like kind of shook him up a little bit because he's like, I talked to this bitch and we had real down to earth one on one conversation, and to now see her you know code switch and to be in this totally different state and you know not showing that authenticness of herself. Like, really just made him sit there and was like, all right, what she told me now makes sense. And, you know, we got through the tour. We got us some coffee and we started heading out. As we head out, you know, you didn't get that reminder again. Like, oh, oh, you black in the South. Like, me and my bestie are the only two people of color in a lot of the places we're stopping. And... We then get to the part where we're like going back through the mountains, right? And there's a ton of traffic because they're doing construction on the main road through the mountains. So the map is like, hey, you can avoid like an hour and a half of traffic by going this other route. Well, this other route, y'all, is the what? The back roads of Tennessee. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Here we go. So, of course, we still have to do our normals. We're human, so we still got to stop to pee. <laughs> we need to stop to get water. We need to, you know, stop and get gas. And we stopped at a few joints that were questionable. One was this grocery store in the middle of this mountain town. Yeah, I can't even tell you where it was because <laughs> I didn't check any of the street sides or, you know, any of the road sides. I just was like, oh, look, bathroom and it's a grocery store. It was so noticeably that there were no people of color present that... The besties roommates are like, if there's 100 people in this store, it would be 2% POC because y'all are the only two people of color in this whole entire store. And we're like, oh, honey, this has been the case the entire fucking trip. What are you talking about? And they were like, oh, my God, you're right. Like They didn't notice it until, you know, towards the ride home. And we're like, oh, bitch, like, this is what we've been dealing with. This is where we've been. This is what we face as people of color living in America. It just is what it is. You have 
to be so comfortable with sometimes being the only representation present and you have to not feel like you have to carry the the weight of your entire race on your shoulders while you are in those spaces. You just got to be yourself. So you got to be comfortable with letting go real easy, real quick, real fast, or those spaces can be very uncomfortable and can be very unpleasant. And a lot of people get very awkward and don't like those spaces. I don't mind them. Me and my bestie don't mind them. Especially when we were down in the city, like in Savannah, honey, our families were Southern. So we know Southern hospitality. We met this amazing couple that was just strolling through the park. And honey, that Southern hospitality kicked in. And we sat there and had about a 45 minute to an hour conversation with just random strangers. You know, uh, one of his roommates was like, I I don't know how y'all did that. I commend y'all. I would have not been able to do that. That conversation would have been like five minutes dealing with me. And child, we just got to talking and having a good time and kikiing and being Southern folk. (laughs) It was a great conversation out in the middle of a fucking park, you know? Well, technically in the middle of Wright Park where they had auctioned some of our people off, you know what I'm saying? But I digress. (laughs) So... Anyway, we're at this store, you know, people are like gathered around to like look at us almost like it's a zoo. Like they have never seen a person of color before. So they are like, oh my God, like they weren't mean. They weren't nasty. No one like turned their lips up at us, at least not to our face. And no one treated us, you know, out of, you know, respect. You know, they didn't disrespect us or anything like that. But you could tell that it was a shock to the system that we were present. And we were okay with it as long as they was okay with it. Nobody said nothing again. If they'd have rolled up, you know, we probably wouldn't have popped off there because we'd have been significantly outnumbered. But we'd have got the hell out of Dodge quick enough that uh, we'd have taken maybe one or two of them out. (laughs) But we started rolling through these uh, back roads after leaving this grocery store. And there's like Confederate flags. You know, Jesus, you know, is the savior. Repent. It's like, oh my God, here we go. And we luckily didn't hit like any of the crazy that him and his significant other had experienced. Thank God. And, you know, it was raining, so it wasn't a lot of people out. But baby, when you start to see the Confederate flags, you start to sink down a little bit in the car seat. Like, oh, you know what? Let me just lay low so they don't see my black ass in this seat. honey. <laughs> Because I have been to Memphis, y'all. And in Memphis, I was uh, staying with a friend. And we were going out to pick somebody else up to bring them into the city. And we started to get to the outer ring of Memphis, the the suburbs. And he's like, lay your seat back. And I was like, huh, what? He was like, lay your seat back. We about to go into an area where these people have guns. And if they see a black person in the car, sometimes they will pull their rifle out and aim it at them. I don't want no problems. I want you to be okay. I want us to survive this trip. Lay your seat back. And I had to recline my seat as we rolled through this outer ring of Memphis until it was safe. And, you know, luckily we didn't experience nothing like that this time. But you, it's innate in me at this point because it's like, I know 
these areas and I know what is a possibility. And that kind of just, you know, really, I, I don't want to say triggered me because I didn't get upset by it, but it made me think like, damn, you know, these are the things that people don't discuss about being a person of color in America. These are the things people don't talk about out in the open because they're either too afraid or hate to admit that they felt this way or felt scared or don't want to be vulnerable vulnerable about it. And I'm like, no, I, this presents an opportunity for me to talk candidly about this, you know, right after experiencing it, you know, to know that I was safe because I was with a group of people that cared about me and wouldn't let anything happen to me. But to also sink into a seat because you know the protocol of the area that you were in without even need needing it to be said can make you very tense. And on that ride, that stretch of road while we were in Tennessee, Probably was the most tense I've ever been in a vehicle in a long, long time since I was, you know, previous time being when I was in Memphis. And I ain't like it, you know, and it it sucks, but it's, it's a simple fact of this is the world we live in here in America. You know, black people, people of color, we don't feel safe in certain parts. And the South is one of those parts, you know, where it's very conservative. It's not always a safe zone for us. And it's not discussed openly, you know? Everyone in those areas like, oh, it ain't that bad. Like, like I said last podcast, there are still sundown states, even in Georgia, where we went. You know, we were in Savannah, which isn't one of those, but the outskirts of Savannah ain't so friendly. You know, there's other parts of Georgia that are sundown states. And as I said last time, you don't know what it is. Go look it up. But it basically is a town where if a person of color is there with when the sun is down, it's not good for you. You may not come out that motherfucker alive. And the fact that those still exist and are areas that we need to be aware of is disturbing. And there's not really anything being done about it because the conversations are not being had about them and about their existence. And that's that's now the challenge. And that's what I now want to challenge a lot of people about. Talk about it. Step forward. Take my voice and, you know, even if you need to use it as a joke, take this and use it as a platform to spring forward. and. To understand that to be vulnerable in this moment and to tell people about these areas and make it more known, then maybe things can be done. Maybe people who are, you know, who love to call themselves allies will actually step up and do something about these sundown areas. Maybe they will step in and start helping clean up these areas and making them more safe for people of color. But until the conversations are had, until we have that open moment we can't expect it to change because we aren't telling it we aren't telling our stories we aren't bringing attention to it we all know and understand the concept of the squeaky wheel gets the grease 
we now need to squeak and make some noise so we can get some grease and some attention to these situations. So I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here and I'll leave y'all with everything that I've said. And y'all stay beautiful. I love y'all and I will see y'all on the next episode. Mm -hmm.